Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the small called articles on the subject of repentance, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier. All right, welcome back, guys. We are in the scriptures. We're in the Old Testament as we talk about small called articles 3.3, and we're talking about repentance, uh, continuing on some really good topics. Appreciated our conversations, and uh, we get to handle an Old Testament text in Jeremiah today. Yeah, that bundle of joy and frivolity, <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, uh, poor guy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird when you think about it, but if you can get yourself to actually dwelling on the human element of all of this, you really do feel bad for Jeremiah. He, he went through it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really did. Uh, yep. and, and to go down to history is like kind of the guy that cries all the time. You know, yeah, the weeping oh, prophet. Oh, well, he was kind of thrown Baby into a Wawa, mud pit. Like from yeah. the office. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, let's forcefully exiled to Egypt. Yeah, yeah, in the pit. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yep. All right. Well, Jeremiah twenty-three. Uh, we're we're reading verses twenty-three through thirty-two. I want to pause. Yeah. We'll go back to yeah, that. yeah. I just. My favorite part of this podcast, being part of it, is watching <laughs> Brett try and recover what we from have derailed from. Just all right, so, and, and he's just, then, that yeah. has been Brett since the day I met him when he was 18 years old. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. At, at some point in time, Brett's going to be in a therapy sec- session, and he's just going to be like, "Man, those guys just lose it." <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brett. Anyhow, what are we reading? Yes, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for doing a personation of me there. Uh, we're in Jeremiah 23, 23-32, and I read in Jesus' name. It says, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies, and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal? Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. Who has straw in common with wheat, or what has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from one another. Behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongues and declare, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against those who prophesy lying dreams, declares the Lord, and who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their recklessness, when I did not send them or charge them, so they do not profit this people at all, declares the Lord. Uh, here ends the reading of Scripture. Wow. Amen. Yeah. What right. a passage. Yeah. I, you know, I generally, I forget about this passage. Unless you're reading it, it's not one that kind of sticks with you, mm-hmm. other than the fire and a hammer verse. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's partially because we've had an annual conference of our church body. That was a theme. <laughs> was that 2012-ish? No, it was 20? more recent. But like more recent? 20, more recent yeah. than that, yeah. Oh, okay. But, yeah. But I, it never fails to amaze me that mm-hmm. with passages like this, that the prosperity gospel charlatans still exist. Hmm. It's like, how can you not see this as a direct and explicit condemnation of the nonsense of the word of faith movement? I just, as a direct application, especially because I have dreamed, I have have dreamed, let me tell you of the vision of the Lord, you know, that kind of a thing. It's right there. And at the very end, so they do not profit this people at all. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. unbelievable how applicable, applicable and specific this is. And like, it just, it rattles me every time I read it, how yeah. brazen Satan can be in his lies and deception that he, he not only is a directly contradicting this within the church, but he's using it as a template mm-hmm. for the deception. It's, this is like, oh, this will be my game plan. <laughs> you could really pull off that whole... Word of faith. I don't think I have nearly enough riz for that. (laughs) Do you even know what that is? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Uh, Hello, feather fellow youths. Yes. I think that wow, you, uh, bo- you broke out the the real the deal. actual Bible. You know, I've been the actual. Long- <laughs> <laughs> so what what Brett you is witnessing? You can't see. Yes, uh, what Brett is witnessing is that I'm using a physical Bible. There's like Part a glow me. coming from it. Like yeah. the- <laughs> All right, I'm going to beat you with it. Okay, I'm gonna come your, over there. You no. know when Brett Bow is busting your chops on the podcast? It's not been your week. <laughs> I'm shamed into putting my Bible away on the Being Lutheran podcast. No, no, no here's here's the story. No, actually, yeah. side note: why I have my Bible? I've been kind of convicted by uh, Keith Farron came. Uh, he's a, a speaker who yeah. memorizes massive portions of the Bible, like the whole Gospel of John kind of thing. And he made this appeal. He said, stop using your phones. He hmm. goes, even for though your you Bible, can put, yeah, for your yep. Bible, he goes, you can do it. It's fine. It's, it's nice to have a reference. It's great. But he goes, your phone can do a million things. And he goes, even though you set up safeguards like I do, I have on my phone right now, I have it set up for what I call church mode and it, it shuts down any notifications except for from like my wife or my kids. Right. But the, um, the physical Bible has really helped me. I've really noticed. So this is a side note, a little, uh, you know, hmm. uh, uh, infomercial for, for using your Bible. Cool. You're seeing the, the things <laughs> in the right place. And, and what I wanted to see, the reason I opened it up is because the text is longer than my screen allows on my on my iPad. Oh. And, and so I wanted to see how many times does he say declares yeah. the Lord. Yes, yeah. And then I love this part yeah. where, he, where he actually uses it. He said, therefore, behold, I'm against the prophets who steal from my words, blah, 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 blah. I'm against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongue and declare, declares the Lord. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> I saw that too. It's like a play on word like i mean he's like using the phrase yeah. like uh, you, you really want to know what the lord's saying i'll declare it declare it declare it you try and drop the word declare it yeah. you know and you're an idiot i'm against yeah. you, you know? i love that but i wanted to see that in the in the context but yes yeah, yeah, so that's why cool. i'm more holy than you guys holding yeah. a physical bible it's leather too yes, if you want to touch I know. it it's very very snazzy yes. I, I have visions of a perplexed first year seminary student assigned to this text in old testament preaching class and like What's the main point of this passage? <laughs> is there a theme here? <laughs> like, every so often, God is just obvious in what the point yeah. is, and it's yeah. it's kind of nice. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So, you know, why? You know, I know that we usually choose 
passages from the scripture for our Bible studies because that there's a verse or there's part of a verse that's referenced in the actual portion of the, the Book of Concord that we're referencing and walking through. Um, and so, is it verse 23 or ver- yep. verse, yeah, 29. verse verse 29? Verse 29. I'm sorry, verse yep. 29 that is referenced here in this article. You know, talking about repentance, and and so. Let's go there a little bit and look at verse 29 and then maybe work out from there too. And I think this is a good time as a reminder that part of the purpose and existence of this podcast is to demonstrate that the Lutheran confessions are lifted directly out of the pages of Scripture, mm-hmm. that what we confess is thoroughly biblical yep. uh, and thoroughly consistent with Scripture. In this case, yeah, verse 29 is not my word like fire declares of the Lord and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. It's used early in this article, uh, Article 3 of Part 3 of the Small Called Articles, because of the blunt force trauma the law causes us. Hmm. That it's, that, I mean, literally, it, yeah. it's a hammer. Right. And, and it's designed to break us into pieces. And, and what is, uh, I mean, I'll just skip to the punchline here because I've been thinking about this for a while, is how consistent Scripture is with this in that... On the one hand, you've got the role of Christ in his perfection mm-hmm. designed as the, you know, the stone the builders rejected and, and whoever will fall on it will be dashed to pieces and whoever it falls on will be crushed. That's uh, tying back into this passage. But then uh, the, the thing I can't get out of my head is the relation to Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel and, mm-hmm. and the rock that broke to pieces the statue. And, and the, if you look at scripture as a whole, the point for us here is to get to Jesus, which is entirely the point of using this in the article, in the small called articles, is that the law is designed to break our idolatry to pieces, mm-hmm. to shatter our uh, yeah. sinful pride, but it's not to leave us like that. Mm-hmm. It's not to leave us in pieces, is that God instead restores us and heals us in Christ. And that's where repentance should dwell, should focus. Hmm. Yeah. That, so the, the breaking into pieces, the Lord makes something new in, in that, yep. in the gospel. Yeah. And, and the breaking into the pieces isn't of us necessary, it's of our idolatry. And, and mm-hmm. as sinners mm-hmm. in with, with uh, concupiscence... Yeah. Uh, bam. Uh, it's it's very difficult for us to distinguish our sinful idolatry with our I- identity because we are sinners at heart and sinners by nature. But the what the, the law is breaking is our idolatry, mm-hmm. is our stubbornness, is our disobedience. Mm-hmm. The law reveals where our sin is. And in the case of the passage here in Jeremiah, the sin is a misuse, a manipulative use, and a false use of the word of God, where you're either preaching things that God did not say in his name, mm-hmm. or you're twisting the words of God for your own advantage when they're saying something else. Right. But that's idolatrous, and it's also blasphemous. So we got the first two commandments covered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you talk about the, the word faith movement and the prosperity gospel, and that sort of thing as a... You know, this is a polemic against that, right? Yep. But the is it called a polemic? Is that really you know it's within the church? But is that really the church? You know, is it is it you know anti heretical? You know, kind of you know <laughs> right. kind of thing. But yeah, um, the the language of dreams and visions. I, I love how he ties it, you know, I mean, obviously how God is, is pretty good at this. You know, he ties it back <laughs> into his word. It's his word. It's his yeah. word. My, my favorite verse as I'm reading through this that stands out 
as he's talking about all these dreams, you know, you can have all these dreams. Uh, prophets are saying, I've dreamed, I've dreamed, blah, 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 blah. And then he says, let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream. But let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. Yeah, right. And he compares yeah. this then. He says, what has straw in common with wheat? What is straw? It's dead. It's a <laughs> shell. Know? It's like it's a husk. A, it's yeah. the husk of what was yeah. the life-giving food and bread of, of the plant, you know? And that, that to me, it's, it's the contrast of our thoughts, our ideas, our self-help, our moral therapeutic deism, our, you know, our, our you know, the, the false ways in which we use and, and manipulate psychology and things like that. I'm not saying every use of psychology is sinful or wrong or unbiblical. I'm just saying that the way that that's used in a lot of contexts today, it's, it's man-made wisdom that's meant to make people feel good. But the word of God is there and there's no guarantee yeah. it will make you feel good, right. but it's exactly what you need. Because it's yeah. it's the straw, it's it's the wheat, excuse me, versus the straw. It's the life giving meat and bread that is there to feed and to convict and to bring us to the point where we turn and and cling to Jesus. It's to crush so that we can be restored. Yeah, and you take that verse you're talking about. It also builds a, a really nice, healthy skepticism into people who will use random coincidences as their hermeneutic for interpreting scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, uh, I had a ham sandwich this morning and Jesus drove the swine into the, into the, uh, <laughs> the lake of Gennesaret. And mm-hmm. so Jesus wants me to repent of not being kosher. Well, this is, a... <laughs> okay. I use this. I actually use this illustration. <laughs> what? Um, this is what happens when you come up with an illustration off the top of your head. Yeah. It doesn't always work. Well, no. So here, Brad, I want you to Google this cause you have your fancy computer over there. Uh, in in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is told, you shall not take a wife for yourself oh, yeah. in this place. <laughs> and I use this illustration all the time in my, in my uh, yeah. it's kind of become my Jeremiah, whipping boy for bad. Yeah, Jeremiah 16, not mm-hmm. 17. Okay, yeah. So what verse is it? Uh, early, verse 2, I think. Verse yep. 2. Um, for uh, You shall not take a wife, nor shall you have sons or daughters in this place. I, I literally had a girl. And this is when I was many, many years ago. In seminary. Yeah. I remember. And, and she, this said, up. she said to me, she goes, I'm not supposed to date anybody at college. And I said, okay, fine. You know, not a problem. I'm not forcing you by any means, but tell me why. You know, and she said, I, well, I read this verse. I, you shall not take a wife for yourself in this place. And I said, that is very accurate. You shall not take a wife for yourself. It was a girl. You know, <laughs> so don't take a wife for yourself in this place. That's true. I don't think you needed the verse to prove this one. But, but in terms of, you know, situational dialogue, right? It's like, okay, so you're looking at this text of scripture and you're twisting it to mean something that it doesn't mean at all. And, and, and it goes back to the whole idea of hermeneutics or the, the interpretation yeah, yeah. of scripture. How do we determine what is right? And that's that's something that's so interesting because the same thing happens with our fire and hammer verse here. In, what is it, 29? Yep. And so y- people use that all the time. And, and actually, a lot of times it's, it's pretty accurate. You know, like like it's, it's one of those verses you can take on, kind of have a pretty accurate idea, but sometimes it's twisted. But this is one of those things where you got to step back. Let's look at what the whole text says. Let's see what it meant to the people of that day, you know, and, and understand the, the normal language. And it's like, oh, okay, so God was talking to not the girl at the college. You know, he was he was speaking to Jeremiah here. Yeah, speaking to Jeremiah roughly 2,800 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it's one of the things that, you know, you're right. Verse 29 more or less stands alone. Mm-hmm. And, and generally speaking, would have the same meaning right. 
on its own apart from the context. Right. However, a few verses do. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, some do, right? Yeah, John, John 3.16. 3, 3, I mean, yeah, yeah you, you don't need the context to understand. 2 you know, Corinthians 5.21, stuff right. like that. But in this case, verse 30 is really, really important because then you get the therefore mm-hmm. and you get the application. Therefore, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? and, and this is a passage about the word of God, yeah. not necessarily about the action of the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and that is very clarifying because, you know, we've been in context where this verse has been used as we're going to use the word of God to assault the culture mm-hmm. and, and to break down the biases against Christianity. No, that's not what this is about all at all. This is that the identity of the word of God is the standard that everything else is tested against. And what comes up wanting actually gets shattered because of the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think as a preacher, I, I really appreciate this text too of it's not about how fiery I am or how, you know, my own, what I'm bringing to it, it's the word of the Lord that's doing the work. Yep. The law is, is doing the work of uh, convicting and crushing and, yeah, the gospel doing that work of healing. One of the principles I teach to people who have never preached before and, and kind of dipping their toe in those waters, one of the very first principles is preach the word, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. You know, we kind of talked about that a few weeks ago, excuse me, a few weeks ago when we said that we talk about functions of the law, not uses of the law, because we're not the one utilizing the word as a hammer. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit utilizes the word as the hammer, and yeah. we deliver that word. Yeah. Now, our preaching, to go back to what we talked about last week, can in fact be directed and specific, but even in directed and specific preaching where we are, we are, you know... You know, giving the plain sense of the text and the context, we can deliver that and people can receive it in multiple different ways as the Holy Spirit works on their hearts, which is why this verse is used to teach repentance in the book of Concord mm-hmm. is because the law has a purpose. And so the law as God's word has a purpose and that is to break us to pieces so that we might be forgiven, so that we might cry out to mercy. Because if our idolatry isn't addressed, we don't need mercy from the God we're worshiping because we're the God we're worshiping. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anything else from this text, you guys, that we can uh, focus on related to repentance? I think... Uh, I think there's a vocation application here Mm -hmm. um, because we haven't really been obnoxious about vocation for quite some time. So I better (laughs) do that. But, but I, again, I want to, I want to highlight that last sentence of this paragraph that they do not profit the people at all. Hmm. Uh, The preaching of the law Mm -hmm. is an act of loving our neighbor. Mm -hmm. And we got to be careful with that again, because it's not the gospel But preaching the law is an act of loving the neighbor. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about last week, too, about holding people accountable for their sins. Mm -hmm. Is that as pastors in our vocations of delivering the law, and we should say for all the lay people listening to this, as Christians who have been given the word of God to use with your brothers and sisters in Christ and even in your own life or in your families, that the the application of the law is loving Mm -hmm. because God applies the law to us and God is loving. And so the the, the prophets who are distracting from the law, who are misusing the law, who are inventing their own laws, they are not fulfilling their vocations. And so the people do not benefit from their quote unquote love. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So there is, in fact, a vocation application to this passage. Mm, cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah the vocation of a preacher, in a, in a sense. Or, yeah, so, or, and also the mutual consolation of, uh, between believers. Yeah, it's, it's second estate no matter how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, we have the vocation of pastor, a preacher, yeah. uh, which is, you know, a, the office of the ministry is a vocation. But you also have, like you said, the, the vocation of Christian comes mm-hmm. in because we are all given the keys not just pastors. Now, formally and functionally, pastors hold the office of the keys on Sunday mornings and in their office. But uh, if a brother or sister Christ comes to you in repentance or in need of repentance, you know, there, there's several passages in Paul's epistles that talk about us applying the law to our brothers and sisters in Christ, the hopes that we pull them back. And, and, and the danger here. As we connect it to the rest of scriptures, like what Romans 1.18 and following talks about, where unrepentant sin produces more sin, Mm -hmm. where you get that threefold terror God describes, and he gave them up, and he gave Mm -hmm. them up, and he gave them up. So that unrepentance carries us into more sin, and that's where we have the danger of being crushed by that attacking force of the word of God. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Any, yeah, any That'd other? Be a little bit shorter this week. That's yeah, fine. But okay. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think people talk about repentance, rightfully so. We emphasize the forgiveness of sins. We emphasize hmm. the absolution. We emphasize the gospel. The law plays a very important role in repentance. And if we don't get the law's role in repentance right, we're not going to hmm. even get to the gospel. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We have a responsibility to the word. You know, we yep. have a responsibility to take it, to hear it, to preach it well. And, what this passage stands out to me is how unimportant I am. You know, how unimportant in this process, my wisdom, my efforts, my way of doing things, if it's not tied to the declaration of the written word of God, mm-hmm. I'm not doing I'm not doing my job. Yep. And and that's what stands out to me here. It's just like let God's word do the work. Uh, otherwise, it's it's no it's a dead shell of a thing. And anything I say is a dead shell of a thing, and not the meat and the life itself. So. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary invites you to their 2024 Seminary Symposium on January 17th through the 19th with featured guest Dr. Joel Bierman. Sessions will cover topics related to Christian ethics, including virtue ethics in the church and the rise and fall of Lutheran pietism. Find information about live stream and in-person registration at flbc.edu events. God bless you and have a great week.